Hello, and welcome to the Heathen's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Siri Vincent Clough, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the show where I explore heathenry through a queer lens. We will be talking about traditional witchcraft, runes, folklore, and so much more. Join us, won't you, as we journey to the ends of the Nine Realms and back. Welcome to the Swamp Witches! Swamp Witch Stephanie is an online magical herbal apothecary for all your darkest desires. Swamp Witch Stephanie started in 2018 with a line of anointing oils enchanted by the Swamp Queen herself. Stephanie has been studying the Western occult tradition, American folklore, British and American traditional witchcraft, and historical herbalism for over 10 years, and has brought her knowledge and expertise to each of these handcrafted all-natural oils. And this year, Swamp Witch Stephanie has launched a new line of ensorcelled skincare products. And she would know. Being the drag persona of Marcus Ironwood, Stephanie knows the importance of keeping your skin soft as a babe's bottom. Stephanie is ready to share her magic with Heathen's Journey listeners with 20% off your order at swampwitchstephanie.com. Just use the offer code HEATHEN for your discount. Keep it swampy. Have you heard of the Troll Club? It's the best club around. Put together by Needfire Wellness, it's a customer club for new witches and seasoned practitioners alike. It is a resource to meet like-minded folks with a focus on magic. For $10 a month, members get access to monthly scheduled Zoom meetings and discussion with Q&A with Minta Carlson, 15% off all physical products and 20% off all e-learning classes by Needfire Academy, a special Discord server, exclusive monthly giveaways and contests, and a monthly gift. You will also have access to early product releases. So you can just go on over to their website, which is needfirewellness.com, and go to Troll Club to sign up. This will be a great addition to your uh, rotating supplies and other magical needs purchasing and be sure to tell them that siri from the northern from northern lights witch and the heathen's journey podcast sent you all right see you in the club welcome back to the heathen's journey podcast i hope that these last days of january find you well or at least as well as possible right now I'm really excited for some of the interviews that I've got coming up on the podcast, and today is not an interview day. I do think that it's important to keep some of these shorter, perhaps more personal episodes on the podcast. So at the beginning of this project, I set out to create an audio deep dive into the runes and my own practices as a heathen. But as the podcast name suggests, I recognize that I am still learning. That beginner's mind is kind of at the heart of this podcast. Yes, I am a professional witch and rune reader, but I am also always learning. Building your relationship with the runes is an iterative process. You get to know them and the layers unfold before you. 
I recently started Johannes Gordbeck's class on Nordic magic, and the first in the first session, he talked about sometimes choosing not to share certain associations that we have with runes. Basically, some people will say, well, that's wrong. But if it's your personal association, it isn't necessarily wrong. It's how you are choosing to work with a specific rune in a specific way. So this is perhaps a little spooky, but I like to think of the runes as spirits that take a specific shape. They have 24 different perspectives, and I work with them methodically. The runes are also clues to how Nordic magic was passed down through generations and how my Nordic ancestors lived. For example, when I pull Ehwas, the rune associated with horses, I think about the potential relationship that my ancestors had to horses, and it transports me back to that time. That's one of those moments of personal gnosis that might make other people say, wow, Siri doesn't know what they're talking about. But that's the thing. It's personal gnosis. What I can say is that this works for me and that working with runes in this way is what I do. It might not be your understanding of the runes, and that's okay. Of course, words do mean things. (laughs) Um, So sticking within kind of the general kind of understandings of the meanings of each of these runes and then adding in personal gnosis is how I would approach doing that. It's not necessarily that like, you know, ansus, which we'll be talking about today, um, which does mean communication and speech. It doesn't mean that you get to say, oh, ansus means horse, right? It's, It's more like, what are the different layers of meaning within each of these symbols, within each of these rooms? So um, take what you will, leave the rest, and I encourage you, as always, to continue your own personal study and reading into the runes. So where did we leave off? So way back on September 2nd, 2020 was the last time I published an episode that was a deep dive into a specific rune. Um, In that episode, I went in-depth and spoke about Thurisaz. Next on our personal tour of the runes is Ansu's. Ansu's represents the breath, connection to a god, and order. It helps, it comes to us at the beginning of the Futhark. Um, this is a certain level of hope, um, that we get with Ansu's. The second vowel in the Futhark, Ansu's is ecstasy over finally making the words work. It is that clever turn of phrase that worms its way into your head. It's the sudden flash of inspiration, the wild language that spills from you in the middle of ritual. Ansu's channels sacred poetry, raises your energy and circle, and allows you to bring forward messages from the unconscious. For me, ritual is always noisy. I don't know if this is true for other heathens, but there is always a lot of chanting and incantations. Stream of consciousness speaking helps me to get to the heart of the matter. I talk my way around the meaning, and then my mind starts to narrow in on what exactly I'm doing. I invoke Ansu's, and the proper incantation comes to me. The word, the words, the tense, the timing. One thing that is peculiar to Norse heathenry is the emphasis on the spoken word. We all know words of power and know that often speaking words and incantations in circle 
brings a great deal of power to your working. There are examples of magical incantations and chantings in most cultures, including speaking in tongues in certain Christian sects. There is a great emphasis on speaking in Norse practice. It is said that seethe, the Norse feminine shamanism, is a possible root word for seethe, often a synonym for rant or rave. One of the things that I work on the most often with my teacher in Norse heathenry is impeccability of word. This is incredibly important within Norse practice. The Hauvamal, sayings of the high one, is filled with verses about how important it is to mind your word and make sure that you are speaking the truth. The Norse texts, particularly the poems that outline appropriate social behavior, emphasize deep thought before you speak. Odin is just spiteful enough to make your foolish wishes come true if you speak them to existence. Reading the old manners guide that is Sayings of a High One, you can really see how the stereotype of the Stoic Norseman was birthed. There was always a middle ground between promising too much and saying too little. It's a difficult balance to strike. Ansu's, being the rune of speech, of poetry, focus, and communication, is the rune to call in when you are suffering from writer's block or inability to focus. Ansu's is Odin's rune, the rune of thought and memory. Ansu's then represents two things above all, a connection to Odin and our personal guiding spirits, as well as how we communicate our ideas. When this rune comes up, it is often urging us to go further in our intellectual and spiritual courses. It is an expansion of ideas with the knowledge that our ideas are in alignment with our own highest good. So we move forward pressing harder. Things bend and move more easily as the path is laid clear. Odin is the god most deeply associated with Ansu's. Sometimes, when this rune comes up for me, it is a clear statement that I am, in fact, having a communication with Odin. This rune is associated with Odin because he is the one that gave us the runes in the first place. The primary meaning of Ansu's is communication, and as a written system, they are a means of communication in and of themselves. So the levels of meta um, are incredible with this rune. Ansu's transforms our experiences from nameless things to stories we can tell. It puts words to actions and translates the meaning behind what we do to a language that can be shared. So it's almost impossible to talk about this rune without also talking about Odin, and I haven't spoken much about the high one on this podcast. So let's get into it. Odin has many names. In Old English, he is known as Woden, Old Saxon as Vodan, and in Old High German as Wutan or Wotan. Odin is not the first being and is not the creator of the world, but he is the leader of the Aesir, the tribe of gods that, in Norse mythology, won sovereignty after warring with the Vanir and the giants. Odin comes in many forms, but it is often known as the Wanderer. Throughout mystery mythology, he is depicted as wearing a wide-brimmed hat, cloaked, and with a long beard. The film design for Gandalf the Grey could easily have been lifted from Norse mythology, and obviously the dwarvish runes were lifted straight from the Futhark. It is damn near impossible to study the runes without also studying Odin. 
He is the God that brought the runes to earth that has translated their meaning for us. The story is that Odin knew there was deeper magic, one that he did not know how to use. But there were beings older and wiser than Odin, the three Norns who lived at the center of Yggdrasil, the world tree. The Norns represented fate, and they knew everything that would ever happen. Some believe that they represent past, present, or future, um, but I actually think that the Norse conception of time is a little bit more ambiguous than that. I think that it is safest to say at this point that they are weavers of fate. So when Odin came to the Norns, they said that he needed to make a sacrifice. He gave up an eye. He hung dead upon the great tree Yggdrasil for nine days and nine nights. And on that last night, as dawn broke, the runes came to him. They floated out of Mimir's well, the well of weird, and he was struck with a sudden inspiration and understanding. Odin carried these secrets with him. He spoke of some secrets in Asgard, but bound others to himself. That is why each heathen must find their own relationship to each of the runes. The runes reveal their mysteries to you slowly, steadily, over time. You need to develop your own relationship with these energies. Odin is the god of wisdom and logic. If Freya is about wild instinct and mysteries, Odin is about translating the awe of those mysteries into a language we can understand. Communication and mental faculties are deeply important for this god. Two of his familiars, the ravens Hugin and Munin, are representations of thought and memory in our soul bodies. They, Throughout the mythology, they bring him information from all ends of the world, acting as his spies when he cannot wander from Asgard. In my own workings with Odin, he has been peculiarly peculiarly silent, but extremely good at getting me to talk. And that's an important part of communication, isn't it? Making sure that the other person feels comfortable communicating and being succinct enough that your meaning can't be mistaken. The paradox of Odin and of Ansu's is that they contain both order and chaos, knowledge and mystery. Odin is, after all, a trickster god. It's very strange that the Allfather of the Aesir is a trickster god. I don't know many other pantheons who have this kind of setup. So this brings me to thinking about another trickster within Norse mythology. Loki is another honey-tongued god in the pantheon, though Loki does not share Odin's high seat and is even chained and imprisoned before Ragnarok. Loki uses their words for their own means and is constantly battling between the chaos of Utgard and the community of the Ingard. One of the reasons Loki makes a perfect villain in this culture is because of their constant lies and misdirection. If speaking the truth is central to your culture, the trickster god has the ability to break that culture down. The other thing Loki teaches us is to break things that don't work. Loki is constantly getting the gods into a mess and then fixing it through their cunning. Loki also shifts gender consistently throughout the myth cycle, making them difficult to pin down and interpret from a heterosexual lens. During Ragnarok, Loki literally breaks free from their fetters and sails to oppose the gods. Loki breaks shit like the queer-as-fuck goddess they are. I would argue that this happens in large part because the Aesir got too comfortable and needed things to be broken. 
As queer readers, then, we see the necessity of learning the proper words for things, but also breaking through to the real truth. Ansu's rises up above it all and shows us that core of truth so we can better articulate it. Ansu's is using they, them, or neo-pronouns, of speaking your truth, of standing before the truth of our trans queer relatives. It is using words to eviscerate our enemies, to assert our existence and our rightness. Words matter. As queer people, we know that they matter. We use them carefully. We change our lexicon to better match our sense of self. We create words to describe our queer lives in a heteronormative society. Work with Ansu's to build a relationship not just with your words, but with yourself. I love Ansu's. Ansu's is one of the runes that I hold deepest to my heart, and it has been an honor to talk about it today. And that is it for today's episode of the Heathen's Journey podcast. A huge thank you and shout out to all of my students and patrons for making this work available. If you want to become a patron and support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash northernlightswitch. I post full moon and new moon ritual guides, rune readings for each of the turning of the zodiac season, and so much more. If you would like to follow me in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at northern.lights.witch or on Twitter at northlightwitch. Until next time, stay weird. Thank you.